Hello and welcome to the Minding My Black-Owned Business, Women in Business podcast, hosted by Cat English. This podcast was created to celebrate and highlight successful Black women entrepreneurs in a community who represents the culture. Get free business tips and resources for Black women aspiring to start their own businesses. If you currently have a business or thinking about starting up your business, tune in with us on all major platforms near you. Today, we're talking about um, mental health that involves with uh, the inner workings of Black women and self-care. So if you don't mind, would you please introduce yourself to the community uh, to let our listeners know um, who you are and um, your practices and what you do in the community? Okay, yes. My name is Dr. Cynthia McNeil. Um, I am a variety of different things. I'm a professor at Wayne State University in the College of Nursing. I am a healthcare provider in primary care and internal medicine in the city of Detroit, Um, I do a lot in the community in terms of health promotion and disease prevention. So I definitely feel like it's my job as a provider that is of the represented community of a minority woman to really use my voice and my leverage to provide education and um, empowerment for individuals to live the healthiest lifestyle that they can. I also have a nonprofit for adolescents that deal with health promotion and disease prevention. Um, I'm in the process of actually writing an urban health textbook from the perspective of urban providers and urban patients so that as we train new providers that they can have a way of um, interacting with patients in the urban setting that is meaningful and genuine. So that's just a brief <laughs> a brief synopsis of kind of some of the things I do. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you again, Dr. Tanthera McNeil for uh, joining the podcast today and sh- showing and doing your hard work in the community um, for better health. Um, So the first question uh, we want to ask you is, from your experience for working in health, do you find that we as Black women lack self-care in a physical sense? Yes. Yes and yes, I do. I definitely feel that that is a disparity. And I'm not the only one that feels that way. If you look at the statistics, Mm -hmm. Black women are dying the fastest. And that's not just in comparison to uh, people that have better financial status or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's Black women across the board. Their uh, mortality and disease uh, rates are worse than almost any other category, especially when you compare them to our Caucasian (laughs) colleagues. We are not only dying sooner, so that means we have a lower life expectancy, but we also have more propensity to have chronic diseases. So I yes, I feel that way. And yes, the data also supports that this is an issue. Wow. And it, it seems like today in 2021 that more and more younger women are dying at the lower rate ages of, you know, in their 20s and their teens, not only from childbirth complications, but um, health disparities and, you know, just lack of not being uh, able to take care of ourselves in, in a healthy way and stand up today on our um, 
our basic annual physicals and, you know, just paying attention to our bodies and listening to our bodies when uh, our bodies is telling us that we need to pay more attention to what's happening. And I, I think that in this time today, it's just like, it's, it's crazy. Like just last week, someone I went to school with, now I'm 38 now. Um, she died of a heart attack and I'm like, wow, normally when people die, stuff like that, they're in their fifties and seventies and things like that. But you know, we're in our late thirties. That's a third. Yeah. I mean, we, unfortunately from a healthcare provider stance, I see that. I see that all the time. Individuals that come into the hospital or that seeking care though on paper, they're our age. When I go to look at them, like just even look at them before I could even introduce myself and ask them what they're here for, the alcohol, the drinking, the poor health habits have aged them uh, to where I'm having to say, are you are you sure you so-and-so? Like it say here, you're 38, but you look, you know, in my mind, I'm saying you look all of you know, 52. Um, I think that um, there's a couple of components that I would attribute to validate what you're seeing so yes not only are we dying and that's a fact but we are dying at younger ages so that's what I said when I meant to, you know when I was talking about life expectancy right even at younger ages I mean there's people that present to my practice that even though they're in their late 30s or even early 40s they have high blood pressure they're obese they have kidney failure and so all of these things compounded on to each other mm-hmm. shortens their life expectancy. And then you add the fact that they're African-American women that further uh, pushes this number or life expectancy downward. What would I contribute to that? As I, I would say that, first of all, is that we as a we as black women, and I'm going to just keep it 100, we as black women do not normalize health maintenance. And I think that from, mm-hmm. a, from a couple of different perspectives that I will share with you, the first perspective is, we are big on self-care. We'll get our nails done every two weeks. We'll keep our hair fly. We're right. worried about our external appearance, you know, this outfit, that outfit, but don't normalize health maintenance. And some of that is a generational curse. You know, most of us can't recall the women in our family when we were younger talking about health maintenance. So it's not something that we grew up normalizing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, you can say that when you were a child, there was somebody that was responsible for making sure you had all your immunizations up to date and had you every year for your school physical and had you for your sports physical. And then at some point around 16 or 17, it was kind of like, well, now you're on your own. So now it was it went from somebody taking care of these things. Then it went from you having to be a young adult and then you haven't seen it growing up. So now you have no real point of reference on what health maintenance is, so you don't value it. You only seek health care episodically when it's something that goes wrong. So that's the first thing is the mentality mm-hmm. of how to utilize health care. Health maintenance is just an, the analogy I use for my patients is that it's just like if I gave you a brand new car and I told you that in order to keep this car running for a long period of time, you have to get an oil change every three months. If you really want to value this car and keep this car running, you're going to get an oil change every three months. You're going to pay $45. You're going to wait 45 minutes. 
because you do not want your car to break down. You do not want to be stranded. You do not want to be relying on somebody else for a ride. And so you will do this car maintenance. But if you take that same concept and put it towards self in terms of health maintenance, oh, I don't have time for that. And okay, I'll get around to it. So again, it's how we prioritize things. I think the third uh, aspect that I see in the, our population is that you know we have what I call a superwoman complex. Now you will spend mm-hmm. most of your years as a woman being a caregiver. You know, up until about 16, 17, you know, you got some, some adult or guardian or parent taking care of you. Then you get your little boyfriend and you just assume this role of a caregiver. And then let's say you go ahead and get married to him. So now you a wife and just by definition, you know, you a caregiver and then you have some kids. And then so that makes you a caregiver for them as well. Right. Not to mention that when people in the family start to ail, they looking at the women in the family like y'all are the caregivers. OK, so all throughout our life, minus the first 16 years we have this role as a caregiver and we pride ourselves off this role mothers pride themselves off having children that are healthy uh, having children that are disease free having children that they have protected and taken care of to where there is no uh you know injuries or illnesses that could have been prevented you pride yourself off of being a good wife and and you know you're managing the meals and that kind of thing to make sure that the family the husband and the kids are you know eating you know as well balanced meals that you can provide and you're on top of them to make sure that they get checked up but when you try to reflect that back on the woman it's kind of like a second thought oh well no i got to i got to do this first i have to take care of the kids first i have to right. you know make sure my husband this first even when you go into I, I always joke when i speak to women about health because i find it to be sad and hilarious at the same time if a couple come into my office the man doesn't want the woman to leave like the man wants the woman there and it seems like it's a ventriloquist act mm. because i'll ask the man some simple questions like what medications are you taking what the, and it's the woman the wife or whomever is the one that's asking they're reaching in their purse they're pulling out a list of this and a list of that for their spouse and we do this the whole visit and i'm looking at the husband like okay can you not speak for yourself but whatever the, the wife gives me all the information that i need about the husband and his health history and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. on the way out of the visit i'll go to the woman and i'll say so when am i going to see you like when are you going to make your appointment? Oh man, yeah, I have my job and I got to take the kids, and so you know we had a superwoman complex, which is killing us. You know we have all of these roles as caregivers in which we pride ourselves on taking care of others, but neglect taking care of ourselves, and so that's what feeds into a woman diagnosed with breast cancer, and at mm-hmm. the time that she's diagnosed, it's metastasized and it's beyond the point of just something simple that could be uh you know be done to help improve her quality of life now we've gotten to the point where symptoms have been ignored the cancer was not detected in a timely fashion Mm -hmm. and now you know we have worse outcomes but if you ask her she's been taking her time taking care of others so that's just a uh just an example of kind of some some of the things that i think contributes to us as black women having poor health outcomes and lower life expectancy Wow. Yes, that's that's so true. So how do you think we as black women can make prioritizing ourselves more important? Like what what would be the first steps in putting ourselves first in mental and physical health with 
being aware of what's happening with our bodies, staying up to date on our immunization, staying up to date with um, healthy eating habits. Like, what is the first steps with that? So I had to give my my plug as a primary care provider. You know, the way that we utilize healthcare is incorrect. Mm. Healthcare, especially primary care, is really set up to help you stay as healthy as you can. For a healthy individual going care provider, you know, once a year, getting some evidence-based lab work done so that we can monitor you. Um, we ask you questions about your family history so that we know what kind of things to look out for. So the first step I would say is normalizing uh, health maintenance. The second step what is, would be to appropriately utilize healthcare. Don't be mistaken. There are some people that, that don't have health care, but you can look at the many people that do have jobs, that do mm-hmm. have health care and still do not uh, prioritize the primary care relationship. I love to see patients come into my primary clinic and have nothing wrong. They just came in for just a checkup. We're going to do our annual labs or whatever is right. necessary in terms of, you know, mammogram or whatever the case may be. And you go about your day. It's my job as the primary care provider to keep you safe and to keep you healthy and to help you navigate your health care. But you have to give me that opportunity. So, again, you know, not normalizing health uh, maintenance and then not correctly utilizing the preventative piece of health care and the preventative piece of health care is establishing a primary care relationship with someone. That mm-hmm. assumes the responsibility of letting you know, okay, well, based off evidence-based practice, we need you to get your labs annually. You, you know, nobody wants to hear this, but you need to lose weight. You know, this, you know, you you need right. to have that person on your team that's going to help you um, navigate this whole healthcare uh, scene as well as to help you be as healthy as possible. I think the second thing is for us to hold each other accountable. So now that's right. that's that's twofold. The first fold is as it relates to family. So now the same questions I asked you when you come into my office, I'm going to ask you about your family history. I'm going to ask you who in your family has high blood pressure or has heart attacks or strokes. I'm going to ask you who in your family has had cancer because that tells me what I need to do as your healthcare provider to maybe screen for things early. But you are bright and intelligent. When Mm -hmm. you sit around the Thanksgiving dinner table, and you're looking around at your family and so-and-so guys diabetes, two of your aunts have had breast cancer, uh, everybody is on blood pressure pills or should be on blood pressure pills, you, you're looking at your risk factors. Ignoring them only puts you in the worst situation. Acknowledging them and then getting a provider that can help you screen and protect yourself from uh, bad outcomes later is the best approach. Some of the things you can't control like genetics. But, you know, getting somebody on your team, your care provider, that's mm-hmm. monitoring and helping you be healthy is one of the best steps. And I think the third, the last thing I would say is that we need to hold each other accountable as black women. So when we get together and girl, your nails look good, girl, I love your dreads or, you know, all that good stuff. You know, we also need to normalize health maintenance among ourselves. I just have a mammogram. When are you making your appointment? Or more importantly, our daughters and nieces need to see us doing Mm -hmm. health maintenance. So mom, where are you going? Well, it's October and every October I get my mammogram or it's time for my annual physical. 
you know, you can come with me or, you know, I'll see you when I get back. But just having those conversations where they can see people utilizing their maintenance um, mechanisms and it's not something that is forgotten about or secret. It is something that is outwardly expressed Mm -hmm. to say health maintenance is something that you need to do. You see me, I go get my annual mammogram. And you know whatever you know whatever the case may be, I do my annual physicals with my healthcare provider. You see me doing it, and then when I get a certain age, I'm gonna tell you that this is what you need to do, and that just further reinforces the appropriate behavior for our nieces and our daughters and the young women that we mentor to see that we not only are talking about health maintenance, but we're holding each other accountable and actually. Asking about when was your last colonoscopy? When was the last time you um, went to the primary care provider? You know, what, what was your cholesterol? You got two pieces of cake there. You know, you know, asking them and having those conversations about health. Right. That is so important. So with the city of Detroit, there are many different people, you know, in a community uh, who have health insurance, who don't have health insurance, or, you know, those who have the higher co-pays and things like that. Do you have any resources to share with the community on those who don't have health insurance and how to um, go about seeking those resources so that they can just go? So, yeah, so we in the city of Detroit have a huge disparity as it relates to health outcomes. And that's across the board. People in inner city urban areas, we die sooner than we're supposed to. A lot of that is due to environment and economics and things that are structurally embedded in society that cause a lot of barriers to individuals living the healthiest that they can live. There are resources and they're known as community health centers Um, Or you can look up federally qualified health centers in your area. Federally qualified health centers are are, uh, supported by the government that allow. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. McNeil. And thank you for all that you do in the community. I am um, so proud of you, and I look forward to having more deep conversations about healthcare. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much for inviting me. Like I said, I live and breathe stuff. I am here for my people. Healthy as we can be in the disparities, but we still are doing things. To hold or women, men, whatever the case may be, I'm here for it all. Please do not need to reach out to me. Most definitely. Most definitely. Thank you. And thank you, everyone. Have a good night. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation today. And special thanks to our guest, Dr. Cynthia McNeil. And remember, self care is essential.